You know, in 2008, it became really clear that Barack Obama had been having sex with men and smoking crack. And a guy came forward, Larry Sinclair, and said, I'll sign an affidavit. And he did. I'll take a lie detector. And he did. I smoked crack with Barack Obama and had sex with him. Well, that was obviously true. Nobody reported it, not because they were squeamish about sex or drugs, but because the Obama campaign said anyone who reports on this gets no access to the Obama campaign. And so they didn't report on it. So that happens. That's just one small example. But that happens all the time with lots of different issues. Now, and do you, do you believe that transpired or do you believe the guy is legitimate or both? Oh, the Larry Sinclair story. Oh, that definitely happened. Oh, for sure. I mean, I've talked to Larry Sinclair about it. And oh, definitely it happened. I mean, if you Larry Sinclair has been in and out of prison during one period, I mean, you know, 40 years ago, he was in and out of prison. He's got a criminal record by definition. He's, you know, poor. Uh, he's got a disordered life. He's missing a tooth. Like, he's not, you know, an Atlantic fellow. Um, he's not going to the Aspen Ideas Festival. I think he has a record of deception. Obviously, he does. But this story, if you listen to it in detail, is clearly true. I mean, there's just I mean, I'm going to do an interview with him and you can hear it. And again, it's not going to change the world that Barack Obama likes dudes. I think this was well known. Barack Obama said so himself in a letter to his girlfriend. And by the way, that's kind of Barack Obama's business. I'm not attacking him for, for liking dudes. I'm just saying we're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the president Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Welcome to the BCP podcast. Hope you're having a great middle of the week. Big hug to all of you. Appreciate your support making this show possible. Okay, if you follow me on Twitter, please do. I posted uh, I posted this. Tucker Carlson had posted episode 22 of Larry Sinclair. Larry C Sinclair says he had a night of crack cocaine-fueled sex with Barack Obama and that Obama came back for more the next day. Assess for yourself. Here's our interview. I, I thought it was funny that he used the word assess for yourself. So I posted SS for yourself, says Tucker, with a bunch of smiley laughing faces. Um, I'm not in, usually into this sordid news, but since Tucker Carlson's been bringing up Larry Sinclair since his interview last week with Adam Carolla on his podcast, and I had covered Larry Sinclair on my YouTube show when we were looking at the past and conspiracies having to do with Barack Hussein Obama, it was interesting that this would come up again. I'm not going to show you the whole thing. I'm just going to show you the highlight clip that Tucker himself uh, put on Twitter. He put the whole 41-minute interview on Twitter as well, but he put this little snippet, which has 
I think the uh, the highlights. You're just a guy who's in town for the night and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yeah. Pulled up in a bar outside and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for Coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort and next thing I know he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even you had sex with him twice, you did cocaine with him, watched him smoke crack twice. You had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. You just asked the obvious question, what was Obama like on crack? Um, is, is it your sense that that's who Obama is, just transactional, or that he's bisexual, or like, what is this? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time, and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's running for president, and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story if the media really cared about telling people the truth. Truly, the mainstream media does not care about the truth, but we do here on the BCP podcast. Now, someone who wants to expose the truth and uh, is doing so boldly is January 6th political prisoner Zachary Alums or Alums, uh, Alums, I, I would say. And this is uh, incredible. A monumental January 6th trial is underway in Washington, D.C. The trial of Zachary Alam can more accurately be described as the trial of Ashley Babbitt's murderer, Capitol Police Officer Michael Byrd. Zachary is a first-hand witness to Ashley's shooting and has made up his mind that he must go to trial to expose the truth behind the brutal ambush that Officer Byrd committed that day. His legal team styles his defense more of an offense to force Michael Byrd onto the witness stand to call him to task on all of his actions that day. Zachary's brave stand to not cop out to a plea deal is truly a heroic act of truth and justice for Ashley Babbitt. This is coming from the Gateway Pundit, just as assistant editor doesn't say who, who wrote this. Uh, the Gateway Pundit has obtained an exclusive public statement from Zachary. This is the first time speaking out since he was detained over 950 days ago. This is what he said. Oddly, I know little about the woman who saved my life. Her name was Ashley Babbitt, a 35-year-old Air Force veteran from San Diego, California. She had a brother, she had a mother, and a loving husband. She was an independent person and, to the best of my knowledge, showed up to the Trump rally on January 6th by herself. That afternoon, she was mercilessly shot trying to climb through a breach I had made by bashing a window out of its frame. As soon as I knocked the frame out, I was already moving forward when Ashley grabbed me by the backpack and swung at my face, knocking my glasses off. Well, I scrambled to catch my glasses. She squeezed past me and took a, pull, a bullet that had my name on it. God rest her soul. Ashley did not survive. In the video, she shouts, he's got a gun. Well, before that fateful moment, since I didn't hear it over the, all the noise, she resorted to physical force to protect me. By knocking my glasses off my face, she effectively stopped me in my tracks because I couldn't see properly. Then I heard a pop, but it didn't register as danger until she fell on her back and I saw her face. Her eyes were glazed over. She laid there motionless, stunned, staring at the ceiling. Terrified, I backed up, not daring approach the breach. Ashley's sacrifice changed me. Before January 6th, I was just a punk with no real direction. I would have died a nobody if it wasn't for Ashley. She gave me a chance to make something of myself. I cannot possibly describe the gratitude I feel towards Ashley and her immense bravery. Ashley is the truest form of the American patriot. So then he goes on to talk about how he's, uh, he was expected to go to college, get good grades and what have you. He goes to medical school. He drops out. 
uh, goes to jail. Bible study changed his life. He gets out of jail and he decides uh, to move to D.C. Tourism is booming. He's he, he's working the tourism. And then COVID happens. Okay. Then uh, we will find what happens. Uh, he said, my newfound excitement did not last. COVID-19 emerged, bringing with it lockdowns and mask mandates. Overnight, the thriving National Mall became a, a ghost town. I lost my job at the hotel. People started looking at each other with fear and distrust. Homelessness intensified as businesses were closed and buildings were made inaccessible. My gym was forced to close down. Suddenly, lines of grocery stores stretched around the block. National Guard soldiers were stationed on street corners. Windows and ATMs were boarded up. Our society disintegrated before my very eyes. Just north of the White House, 16th Street Northwest, was rebranded Black Lives Matter Plaza. Vendors swooped in, pushing masks. You had to wear a mask anywhere indoors or you were denied entry. Even outdoors wasn't off limits. Outside of your personal residence, the only safe place was your vehicle. So I bought a truck. P want to know why I showed up to the Trump, Trump rally? It was because of the China virus. Ashley and I both saw through the scam that was COVID and both showed up to protest the government overreach that came with it. While the government claims that I assaulted potentially six officers, it denies coincidentally murdering an unarmed woman. The government has slandered January 6 protesters as terrorists and insurrectionists, but failed to recognize the only gunshot that day was delivered by the government. Ludicrously, the government has identified the gunman, Michael Byrd, as a victim of assault in my case. He will be a witness at my trial. Um, God bless you and all stay tuned. Wow. Now, um, this trial uh, just took place when we have the information regarding um, that trial. We will post it or show it here. Godspeed, Zachary. Godspeed. Getting Michael Bird on the stand and exposing the Ashley Babbitt murder will be tremendous. Now, I've seen the comments before. Ashley Babbitt is a real person. She's not a fake person. Um, when I was in, in California, one of the local news is San Diego News. They would have uh, her, her mom, Mickey, is out there every single day um, singing and supporting the J6 uh, political prisoners. She's been arrested several times. Her husband's been on the news. It, people who have known her have been on the news. They can't all be crisis actors. She was a real person. Now, I know there's some strange things showing on, on the video. Um analysis there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of pictures of her and what have you from what i understand it's because the family has scrubbed the social media uh and what have you so i know there's some 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 things out there but i believe that ashley babbitt is an actual person and if she isn't then i hope that comes out in the trial as well but i don't think it is because i think ashley babbitt's a real person if you don't believe she is put down below in the comment section why you disagree with me we don't have to be an echo chamber. Y'all can disagree with me. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Okay, we've got uh, from the other day a new Bud Light company, Liberty Safe. And here's why. The Hodge twins tweeted out the day before yesterday. Last week, a friend of ours was raided by the feds over January 6th. His name is Nathan Hughes, and he's from Fayetteville, Arkansas. Nate was raided by the FBI and arrested at gunpoint. His girlfriend who just had a miscarriage, was held at gunpoint and put in handcuffs. The FBI turned off his security cameras, unplugged his internet, and flipped his house upside down in a search. The feds called the manufacturer of his Liberty gun safe and got the passcode to get into it too. 
all for protesting at the Capitol over two and a half years ago. They are still going for after people who were protesters that day. He is being charged with crimes related to January 6th. He didn't assault anyone and he didn't vandalize anything. He is being labeled a domestic terrorist and a traitor to his country by woke leftists and the media. And he is just like us. He's an outspoken American patriot. He loves freedom, loves his country, and would do anything to preserve our rights. He's been fighting to save our country for years now. He's also a small business owner with a family that relies on him. We all know how heated this political climate is getting, but they've pushed too far and it's time for people to start speaking up for people getting screwed by the system. BLM and Antifa can go burn down our cities and get off the hook, but Trump supporters get raided and rounded up for protesting. Nate's legal bills to fight these charges will be over $100,000, so we're donating $5,000 to Nathan's Defense Fund to start out and hope you can donate something to link in the next tweet. Then here is uh, his information. You can see here he is a white guy, which of course makes him a domestic terrorist in the eyes of Christopher Ray. 34 years old, uh, 5'10", 201 pounds, uh, booking date August 30th. Now, there's been huge pushback by Liberty Safe, so they put out a statement. On August 30th, 2023, Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI requesting the access code to the safe of an individual whom they had a warrant to search their property. Our company protocol is to provide access codes to law enforcement if a warrant grants them access to a property. After receiving the request, we received proof of the valid warrant, and only then did we provide them with an access code. Liberty Safe had no knowledge of any of the details around the investigation at the time. Liberty Safe is devoted to protecting the personal property and Second Amendment rights of our customer and has repeatedly denied requests for access codes without a warrant in the past. We do not give out combinations without proper legal documentation being provided by authorities. We regularly update our policies to ensure both compliance with federal and state law and reasonable consumer privacy protections within the law. First and foremost, Liberty Safe is committed to preserving our customers' rights, and we will remain unwavering in these values. Kind of hard to have a company called Liberty Safe when I understand from from what I've seen in the past. I'm a gun owner. I heard of Liberty Safe. I don't have a Liberty Safe, but when I was looking at different safes, and um, won't tell you the kind of safe I have, but let's just say that my firearms are very accessible to me in an emergency. When I was looking at Liberty Safe. I, they were they were they weren't well thought of by a lot of gun owners. Very funny things about um, Liberty Safes not being safe at all, and uh, Liberty Safes uh, are, are are yeah Liberty for other people to easily get stuff in your safe. I don't know really remember why at the moment there was so much hate toward Liberty Safes, but now the memes have gone crazy. Liberty Safe, uh, both of the names are misnomers and and things of that sort. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, put it down below. What you can see here, I'm not wrapping up, but I'm continuing my coverage from J6 yesterday, uh, from yesterday's uh, episode 3113. Uh, this one's absolutely crazy. This was on uh, on Gateway Pundit today. On January 6, 2021, Alina Trocano join hundreds of thousands of peaceful Americans to hear President Donald Trump in D.C. and exercise her First Amendment rights. When I saw that it was a protest and not a rally, and I saw the protest permit, I thought I would be protected by the First Amendment, Elena shared. I thought the First Amendment was supposed to be without fear of retaliation. Check this out. Let me tell you, Elena is a, is a flight attendant, and this is what happened to her. On January 7th, Elena, Elena 
made her way back to the airport to catch a flight home and showed a few clips of the day on social media. She showed a video being underneath the big flag during the speech, a video of everyone singing the national anthem, then a video back at her hotel room letting people know she was okay. At the time, Elena, a flight attendant, was furloughed from American Airlines due to the pandemic and was preparing to return to her job in the coming weeks. About 8,000 flight attendants had to get fingerprinted for a new background check in order to return from furlough, Elena included, yet everything still continued. Although she did not step inside the Capitol that day, Elena was attacked by fellow flight attendants on social media in what will become a multi-year ordeal that ultimately led to a lawsuit against one of the alleged ringleaders of the abuse she faced, as well as against American Airlines. Check this out. On January 7th, 2021, Elena's phone buzzed in the Uber, taking her to Reagan National with a disturbing text. The text read, they're after you again. They're trying to get you on the no-fly list so you can't leave the city. Let me know when you are through security. Well, what did she do again? Elena shares, it was like I was in a movie. I was hearing words like traitor and domestic terrorist for the first time and I didn't understand. Now, what the again refers to is that in September of 2020, just before she was furloughed, when her airline announced that they would be allowing flight attendants to wear Black Lives Matters pins on their uniforms, the crews didn't understand why the public was boycotting the airline or why the public would think that wearing BLM is political. She pointed that out. She merely pointed out how to find BLM's financial report, and that's when the harassment started. So she's a, she's a she's an employee of American Airlines. They're saying this is not political, but she can wear a BLM pin if you want. And then people were boycotting American Airlines, and she puts on social media, duh. If you go to BLM, it takes you to Act Blue, which is Democrats. So this is political. You're supporting a Democrat cause. So she got hate back in 2020 uh, because of that. Uh, by the time she got home from D.C. after January 6th, a post appeared in a large Facebook group for flight attendants with over 12,000 members calling her to be on the no-fly list for attending the rally. The post included a petition to get her fired and prosecuted for her treason. People were already being brainwashed with this TDS. Folks, we have a cold civil war right now in America. And it's not even over Trump. It is free-thinking liberty individuals and absolute gaslit, moronic, and dumbass Americans who have been completely brainwashed and are serving their useful idiots serving the Marxist, treasonous, traitorous, rat, bastard, overlords. It is a spiritual war and it has been an information war and it has been a war for the souls and minds of Americans. Obviously, Alex Jones got started before me, but if I were starting right now and the name wasn't taken, I would totally have info wars. It's a great name. We are in a civil info war and the left is losing, and that is why they are desperate to stop Trump. Please, please, Father, please protect Donald John Trump from the schemes and the murderous plots of these demonic forces. In Jesus' name, amen. So she went back and forth. There was someone who was trying to stalk her and has been uh, really adamant in getting her uh, on the no-fly zone and getting her fired. The post by another flight attendant was a picture of Elena said, Elena Turcano, is this you? 
The post generated 500 comments in an hour. Her home address was shared. Her phone number was shared. She was doxxed. In the following days, weeks, and months, she was inundated with threatening calls. Details of her personal life were leaked in the group, including her real estate license, as well as details about her work at the airlines, including her recall status, her base, and her work trips, putting her in danger. What was next? Posting my hotels? My room number, she asked. As the weeks were on, and though at least 50 flight attendants were involved, one person in particular attacked Elena relentlessly online. Was faced with a cease and desist, one of the apparent ringleaders doubled down and the attacks became even more aggressive. In June of 2021, she personally requested the alleged person take down the petition. She was then turned in for retaliation and had to endure another meeting in August of 2021. She had to do something and uh, now she is suing. The aggressor publicly announced that he took the cease and desist to HR for harassment and then doubled down again last month after his response was due after being served. So this this person is not quitting. They have a bloodlust for her. In February 2021, an anonymous tip was called to the FBI who cleared her within minutes. She was told while the trip was anon- tip was anonymous, it was made by a group of flight attendants. Alana said at that point, I thought everything was going to stop then. And though she was cleared by the FBI, American Airlines continued to interrogate her. And while they didn't investigate the harassing flight attendants, they only reprimanded them with a slap on the wrist. Why have, po- why have policies that are not going to be enforced or are they just enforced on me? Man, what an ordeal. So last year, she took a brave and public stance against the vaccine requirements on public transportation. She is one of nine flight attendants that filed a lawsuit against the CDC in 2022 over the federal mask mandate on public transportation arguing that being forced to wear a mask and to enforce the mandate for passengers poses a risk to their own health and safety and hinders their ability to do their jobs. Remember what it was like flying with those damn masks? I mean, I had to travel. I would not wear them. And if those of you follow me on social media, I would put up videos all the time of me walking through LAX without a mask. I wouldn't wear a mask until they told me to to put it on. And several times I had uh, the flight attendants get very mad at me. You can tell some were like, they would just make little signals like just put it on or like they just look at it and they're like pretend they didn't see me. You know, they're probably the cool ones. And there was there were some like, sir, sir, wake up. I know you're asleep. Put on your mask. And I'm like literally holding a water bottle. Oh, man. 2020, 2021, man, those were dark times in America. And they want to push that on us. Hell no. It's not it's not going to fly this time. So she continues to be uh, harassed. Now, after more than two years and begging both the perpetrators to stop and the airline to step in, she has filed a lawsuit against one of the flight attendants who she alleges created and circulated the petition as well as against American Airlines. And her lawsuit, Chocano uh, Vivaldi et al., she is suing for defamation, defamation per se, negligent supervision, and a whole bunch of other things, including racial discrimination, religious discrimination, and retaliation. So these people are absolutely crazy. All right. And I think uh, that's all I want to cover uh, right now having to do with January 6th. All of these victims, these people have gone crazy and lost their minds. All right. Article yesterday on, on Gateway Pundit. Gateway Pundit is killing it when it comes to coverage of January 6th and stolen elections. 
Michigan clerk explains broken election laws, how Jocelyn Benson's office insisted illegal voter be allowed to register and cast a vote in 2020. Bowen Township is a small Michigan jurisdiction with just 1,600 residents and a smaller number of voters. So when a fake registration was filed to vote in 2020 by a Canadian citizen, clerk Kathy Pitsley knew that it wasn't a real voter and she had the time to investigate and determine the voter wasn't real. The first danger sign was that I could never get a hold of them by phone or, or mail. They didn't have an ID. They didn't have any serious proof they lived in the district, and they certainly had nothing to show that they had met the basic legal requirements to be considered a resident or a voter. There were all these red flags, but they were responding over email. She said all of her identification had burned up in a fire five years ago, and when I looked at the address she provided as a residence, it wasn't in the tax records, utility records. It didn't show up anywhere. So this is a small town. I decided to do my own investigation. She took her job seriously. Bravo. She went to the address provided and found that it was in an empty field. It was a, There was a dilapidated storage building that certainly hadn't been used for over the last 30 years. There was nowhere that someone could conceivably live. There wasn't even a driveway. Couldn't find any record of anyone paying taxes at this address. No signature provided, so there's nothing to check their ballot against and no ID. So she told the prospective voter that according to the state law, there was nothing she could do without some proof of residence or proper identification. Within the hour, she received a threatening call from the Secretary of State. Far-left Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, who oversees Michigan's elections, was having her deputies in the Bureau of Elections threaten Pisley to have the prospective voter registered immediately. They gave me four hours to have her registered or else. I didn't think this was a fight worth having. After pressure from the Secretary of State's office, she was forced to register the voter. Wow. Clerk Pitsley explained to the Gateway Pundit, the registration to vote came in without any, without any ID, with an address that seemed suspect and the story that wasn't credible, and she hadn't lived in America in over 30 years. She still wanted to vote in the 2020 election, though, but she wanted her absentee ballot sent to British Columbia. I was, I was unable to confirm this was a real human, but they were allowed to vote and cast an absentee ballot in 2022. Uh, 2020, excuse me. That's just one anecdote, folks, but it just shows you that Michigan was one of those states, along with Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona, and Wisconsin, that the rigging operation was in to get the fake President Joe Biden in office. And now we have another leak, courtesy of CNN. Jack Smith is going to indict Trump again. And the special counsel is investigating fundraising and the breach of voting machines. This really is an all-on attack against Sidney Powell, as you'll see. Jack Smith, special counsel, is gearing up to indict President Trump out of D.C. again, according to a new report by CNN. He's expanding his investigation into Trump's effort to challenge the stolen 2020 election and is focusing on Trump's fundraising efforts. Trump raised millions of dollars after the 2020 election to investigate rampant Democrat voter fraud. He is investigating how the money was used to inspect the voting machines. A nonprofit run by Sidney Powell hired forensic investigators to inspect voting machines in four swing states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Arizona. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis indicted Trump and 18 of his associates on similar charges of computer trespass for daring to look at the rigged voting machines. This is the continuation of the stolen election 
trying to do a cover-up, trying to make sure that it is illegal for anyone to question election results, at least the 2020 election results, because you can still question the 2016 election. This is CNN reporting. Special Counsel Jack Smith is still pursuing his investigation into efforts to overturn the 2020 election a month after indicting Donald Trump for orchestrating a broad conspiracy. Questions asked of two recent witnesses indicate Smith is focusing on how money raised off baseless claims of voter fraud was used to fund attempts to breach voting equipment in several states won by Joe Biden, according to multiple sources familiar with the ongoing investigation. In both interviews, prosecutors have focused their questions on the role of former Trump lawyer Sidney Powell. Remember, Sidney Powell is a fantastic and great attorney. She was a federal prosecutor, highly thought of, of course, until she sided with Trump. I didn't like when Trump just dumped her. I kind of felt that that was kind of cold, but there was a lot of things going on, and he parted ways. Wasn't happy about that. Sidney Powell is a true warrior, and I kind of feel like she just got thrown to the curb by President Trump. Some are going to disagree with me. I know President Trump had a lot on his mind as, as president, and I'll, I'll forgive him for that. But that's how I felt at the time. And now that Sidney Powell is coming up again in the news, I kind of feel the same way still. She was really in the fight. Giuliani was not. According to invoices obtained by CNN, Powell's nonprofit, Defending the Republic, hired forensic firms that ultimately accessed voting equipment in four swing states, uh, and that is what he's looking into. So uh, he's looking into Sidney Powell. And uh, let's uh, end with this. George Soros plans on meddling in the 2024 election if Trump is the GOP nominee. This is coming from Town Hall. George Soros reportedly has plans to meddle in the election if Trump secures the nomination. Billionaire and far leftist George Soros reveals his plan if former President Trump secures the 2024 GOP nomination. Soros' Open Society Institute, one of the most influential radical organizations in the world, is preparing itself for the likely event Trump's name is on the ballot. In an article for Politico, Soros' son Alex is giving the go-ahead for his father's nonprofit to open the floodgates on Trump for the 2024 election, explaining how the organization will shift its focus to defeat the former president. As someone who spends up to half their time working on the continent and thinks former United States President Donald Trump, or at least someone with his isolationist and anti-European policies, will be the Republican nominee, I believe a MAGA-style Republican victory in the next year's U.S. presidential election could, and in the end, be worse for the EU than for the U.S. Such an outcome will imperil European unity and undermine the progress achieved on many fronts in response to the war in Ukraine. All about the war in Ukraine, all about Europe. If I were the type of guy to give a middle finger and be vulgar, I would say all kinds of expletives to Alex Soros and his dad as Europeans. I don't care about Europe. I'm an American and I want my American president to put America first. Damn it to Ukraine, the EU, and NATO, and all of those globalist bastards who just want to suck money from the United States taxpayer to fund their country. Why don't you, Alex and George Soros, take up with Germany? They're the biggest and richest country in the European Union. But mum's a word. Tired of these European a-holes sucking from my pocketbook. And not to get too personal, 
but I just got hit with a tax bill yesterday, meeting with my accountant, which I've got to pay. And to know that we just had Anthony Blinken today go to Ukraine on a, on a secret visit and promising another $200 million and by the end of the week supposed to be another billion dollars to Ukraine. And I've got to send my hard-earned money in taxes. Makes me sick. This is what Charlie Kirk had to say, and we'll end with this. George Soros on Alex Soros, just from Politico, that Open Society's Foundation will focus his fo- shift his focus to defeating Trump in 2024. Why? He says a MAGA-style Republican victory could in the end be worse for the EU than for the U.S. Trump has promised to stop the killing and end the war. I guess the globalist crowd, peace, in Eastern Europe is bad for progress. Peace is bad for progress. You do the math. George Soros' son, Alex uh, Soros, oh, then, and then he quotes the article I just read you. Of course, the, Sor- the Soros family should not be meddling in our elections. They should keep the grubby, nasty, globalist mitts off of our free and fair elections. Oh, wait. They're not free and they're not fair. Just like liberty safes are not uh, not for liberty as they bend over to FBI and they're not safe. That's my two cents for today. I'll be back tomorrow. We're in a situation where we have put together and you guys did, did it for our administration, the President Obama's administration before this. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics.